On this week's episode of Between Two Beers, we hear Megan Compain's remarkable journey from Basketball Hall of Famer to All Blacks commercial manager and all the best stories in between. And, and Michael Jordan was basically walking down the hallway getting held up by two of his, you know, people and he was done. And that was the game where he hit the winning buzzer of a shot and took it back to game six where I think they won in, in Chicago. So we sort of crossed in the in the hallway. And it was just sort of one of those, whoa. Like if I was on, you know, back at, if it was now, you'd be snapping away. Like yeah. social media. Between Two Beers. Listen on iHeartRadio or anywhere you get your podcasts. Off the Coast. Tony Street, Jace Reeves and Sam Wallace. Hi, thanks for joining us Off the Coast this week. It's been a crazy start to the year. When you think about the weather events, the worst storm in 200 years, the wettest summer we've had, I think, on the history books. Then we've got floods down in the North Island. We've got earthquakes happening around the place. There's a lot of anxiety amongst adults, but also kids as well. And this is a carryover, remember. We're not long past the huge COVID-19 epidemic and what that did to the country, to us as adults, but also to our kids as well. When you think of homeschooling, missing their friends, our mental health state. Absolutely. And anxiety seems to be the main problem for our generation and it's flowing onto our kids. That's exactly right. My sister's helping out with the emergency response in Hawke's Bay and she's saying that when it rains sometimes they've got kids running screaming thinking there's going to be another flood. There are some kids who don't like the sound of a truck driving past because it reminds them of an earthquake. They have whole schools where half of the kids are still not living at home. So how do you sort of negate that or navigate it as a parent and what advice can you be giving to your kids and making sure you're, you're okay as well? So from the parenting place, there's a family coach and a training coordinator called Sheridan Ikatoni who joins us this morning. Morning. Good morning. Thank you very much for your time. A lot of horrible things have happened so far this year. There's no escaping that. It's on the news. It's actually hard to watch the news and read the paper at the moment. But how do we talk to kids about this sort of stuff? Because, you know, it's, it's a horrible time for them too. And even time it rains now, some kids are freaking out that there's going to be another flood. Yeah, it can be really challenging for our kids. And, you know, that's, they're often watching the news behind us. Um, So I think the first thing that we want to think about is letting them know that it's normal to be scared or worried because, you know, that's our natural response when we hear these things. And then how how do we we go past that conversation? Like when they start asking questions? They do, yeah. So they're going to have questions and I think we want to also have good questions for them. So asking them how they felt when they heard the news, what they might be worried about or anxious about. Um, And the reason we want to do that is, you know, I often think about, for us, the world is quite big, but for our kids, often we are their world. And so if we can make them feel safe in that moment um, and feel listened to, it just eases some of those worries that they have. Sheridan, do you see a correlation between anxiety in adults and how that impacts their children? And I'm not talking necessarily just after something like a, an earthquake or a flood. I'm talking in general. If you've got an anxious parent, does that flow to the child? Yeah, that's such a good question. You know, we do know that anxiety can run in families. Um, and often, you know, if mum's anxious, um, our kids pick up on it. So, you know, I think so many times, Tony, in parenting, I think um, we're often asked to be curious about what's happening for us in any given situation because to be able to lend our children our calm, we almost need to be able to learn to find that ourselves. Mm. So a big part of society at the moment is 
um, is anxiety. And I think a big part of that is access to information. We are just bombarded from so many different directions, you know, whether it's, you know, information about world events that in the past, we wouldn't have had access to that information. So it was a big part of this actually protecting our children from what we allow them to see and hear. I think that is a really good idea, especially, you know, there are children that uh, things flow off the back of them um, and there are kids that really worry. Um, you know how we got all those alerts around um, the big weather events? One of my daughters just kept coming to me and saying, when are you going to pack your bag? <laughs> and I'm thinking, we're kind of on a hill. We, we, you know, we, we were okay last time. Um, but, you know, I know that she had picked up through the news and all the messaging around pack your bag. And so for her, that was a real anxiety. So I think it is really good to think about, um, do our kids need to watch? the news, if they're sensitive around what they see and what they hear, let's be that sort of gatekeeper to their heart that we can sort of step into the gap there and maybe um, not listen to every news Yeah, uh, I think that's probably the best thing to do at the moment. Yeah, I think when it's hard for you as an adult to see it being bombarded with, you'll know that the kids won't react well, right? Yeah. It is just an anxiety epidemic though, isn't it? I mean, we're seeing it in adults as well. So what what should we be doing? Like, what, What is causing it? What do we need to be putting in place for ourselves in order to manage our anxieties? Yeah, so, you know, I often am working with parents and I'm really bringing it back to really simple things. Like, we really need to look after ourselves. Um, Are we eating well? Are we moving our body? Are we taking those moments in the week just to be? And, you know, we're often running. Mum and Dad both running. Kids are busy. Um, And we really do have to just stop and take stock and um, start to do a little bit less because uh, our kids feel it. And when we are ramped up and resting, uh, that really affects our kids. So I think self-care has to be a priority. As they say, you can't keep giving from an empty cup. That's it, yeah. Mm. No, and I think we are in a time where there is so much on offer. Like I look at what our school offers the kids, for example, and, you know, there's rugby and there's netball and there's basketball and they want to do, um, a, there's a football day that they can do the next week. And I think as a parent, it's hard to say no when all the kids are doing it. But when I think back to when we were there, I played netball or rugby. You played one winter sport mm. and now it feels like there is so much choice. And on one hand, that can be a good thing, Sheridan, but are you saying that perhaps we need to start getting a bit picky? Um, that's exactly right. And I know it goes against uh, the way that we're bombarded with the sense of FOMO we're going to have if our kids don't do everything that's on offer. But I do think that true growth comes out of rest. And when a child has multiple things after school, we're just giving up that opportunity just to be. Um, I've started implementing with my girls that when we come home, we have three to five just no devices, um, and just a real relaxed thinking, relaxed time. And I'm loving watching the creativity that comes when they get home, their books are coming out, the drawings coming out again. And and I think it's choosing to just rest and not fill our afternoon with lots of things. 
So, so true. Can I, mean, I just get the practicalities of that? So, so for you across a week, like Monday yeah. to Friday, if you're a parent and you're thinking, how many free days? And I mean, it's obviously harder the more children you have. You might not get a free day because you might be taking one of them somewhere on a different day. How many days after school should they have just not doing anything, do you think? Look, I wish there was a magic number and everybody is going to be different around their capacity and every child is different. You know, some kids have um, much more capacity for lots of things and some kids just one one thing after school is enough. So, But I think if you looked across the week and you looked at how often you're rushing from one thing to the next, if you could just pull it back and think, you know, do we need three activities in a week? Um, I think it's just about stopping and re-evaluating because, you know, if we bring it back to the anxiety that we are often feeling, you know, often, and myself included, I am the Uber driver to lots musical theatre, hip-hop. Yes. Um, and that just takes a toll by the time you've done a full day of work and then you're Uber driving the kids at night. Um, so you just have to have to pull it back a bit. So just just take a moment to let it be, and if they have questions, like if they're anxious about things, especially with the weather events, then answer their questions, but then try and shield them from the really bad stuff on the news. Yeah, and just listen to them. What are your fears? And learning to be with them um, is the biggest gift we can give them because that helps them navigate that well, and they can build resilience then. Sheridan Ikatoni from The Parenting Place. We always love chatting with you. Thank you very much for your time. You're welcome. Off the coast, Tony Street, Jace Reeves and Sam Wallace. Coast's Feel Good Breakfast, six till nine weekdays across New Zealand.